if you knew you were saying your last and final words, what would you say? Have you ever thought about that? If you were saying your final words as you depart this earth, what would you say? Nostradamus, when he was dying, predicted tomorrow at sunrise, I shall no longer be here. Leonardo da Vinci was overly modest, saying as he lay on his deathbed, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Well, I guess we could say that the Mona Lisa isn't good enough. Hey. When Harriet Tubman was dying in 1913, she gathered her family around and they sang together. And her last words were, Swing low, sweet chariot. As Benjamin Franklin lie dying at the age of 84, his daughter told him to change position in the bed so that he could breathe more easily. And Franklin's last words were, A dying man can do nothing easy. John Wayne died at the age of 72 in L.A. He turned to his wife and said, Of course I know who you are. You're my girl. I love you. A few others. Frank Sinatra, I'm losing it. A convicted murderer. His last words as he was on death row, he chose to complain about his last meal. He said, I did not get my SpaghettiOs. I got spaghetti. And I want the press to know this. Why that was important to him? But it was. That was what he chose to be his final words. Actor Michael Landon, many of you may know from Little House on the Prairie, he died in cancer in 1991. And with his family gathered around, he said, You're right. It's time. I love you all. Winston Churchill, I'm bored with it all. Joe DiMaggio, I finally get to see Marilyn again. And George Harrison chose as his final words to say, love one another. These are last words of famous people throughout history. And this morning we will look at some of the final words of Jesus. We'll look at these final words of Jesus following the resurrection when, when He defeated death, He rose from the grave, He came, and then He walked and He taught with the disciples. Right, And before He ascended into heaven, He had some final things to say. And so today we will begin a series on the Great Commission is what it's commonly known. I want to give you a quick update as well. We will be doing a grief series as I have mentioned I think a couple times. But for some odd reason I just, the Lord won't let me get started on that one. I'm kind of wrestling with it and studying and praying it through. And so we're going to spend the next few weeks going through this particular passage of the Great Commission. And right before we get started, I was talking with a friend of mine. He came into my office this week and he said, I hate this passage. I told, I told him what I was preaching on or whatever. And he's like, I hate this passage. And, and he's a fellow Christian, so it kind of caught me off guard. And, and I was like, wait, what? How do you hate the Great Commission? Like, what's wrong with you? I, I, I thought that. I didn't say it. But, you know, here's what he had to say. He said, I hear these verses so much. And Jesus is talking to just 12 men. And then, friends, I was reminded of this. What we're familiar with, we cease to see. What we're familiar with, we cease to see. And so I hope, and my prayer is, over the next few weeks, as we... This is the first time I've ever had this happen. 
And I'm looking forward to it. The next five weeks we will spend in two verses. Two verses. A series of five messages over five weeks on two verses. But we will, in, we will unpack truths each and every week of things I feel like that God needs us to hear for such a time is this. So if you'll take your copy of God's Word and turn over to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. We're going to be near the end of that where Jesus is giving what is commonly referred to as the Great Commission. As you're turning there, I want to remind you that remember that Matthew was a tax collector turned disciple because he followed Jesus. Jesus said, come, follow me. And Matthew followed Jesus. He's also known as Levi. Mark 2.14 says, And as he, that's Jesus, passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. So if you found uh, Matthew 28, if you will say amen. Amen. All right. So Matthew chapter 28, I'm going to read 18 through 20. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go. Y'all say go. Go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of of the age. If you will keep your Bibles open this morning, you will need them as we preach through this particular passage. And as I mentioned today, we will look at the first of five takeaways from these verses. Friends, this is not a mere suggestion. This is not a mere suggestion. You and I are commissioned to move. So this morning, as we read this particular passage, the key word that we will look at is go. Or go, therefore. Right? You are commissioned to move. So our day, our word today in this series, the series I'm entitling Commissioned, it's commissioned move. Move. There should be movement. There, we should be going if we are following Jesus. See, I always question sometimes whether or not I should include certain quotes. And for some of you, you've heard it, but what did we say already this morning? What you're familiar with, you cease to see. And my prayer before I got up here to preach and teach was this, that the Lord would give us open and receptive hearts, not to hear something from me, but from Him, to help us to connect the dots in our minds and in our hearts. And so I'm glad that I mentioned this, because we... Who knows who's going to be here each and every week we preach. And so this one thing that I've shared with you many a time that just pierced my heart so long ago was this, that the gospel came to you because it was headed to someone else. God never intended for your salvation to be an end, but a beginning. God saved you to be a conduit through whom his glorious life-changing gospel would flow to others. That that portion, that that. Excerpt from a book that I read growing up, making disciples who make disciples just radically just broke my heart and and helped me see clearly what it is God's called us to do. Friends, as we're going to look at today, he's called us to go. He's called us for there to be movement in our lives. And you'll see why as we begin to unpack these messages, this message this morning. Listen, friends, church is not the destination. He didn't say, come. He said, go. 
Church is a place where we gather each week to learn and to worship together. Then we depart, we move, we go to love and to serve like Jesus. You, you, see, you see the picture there? He's saying go, go. It's not about coming. It's not about being here and showing up and, and counting it as off as I've worshipped this week. Friends, if that's what you're considering worship, then you need to, you need to ask the Lord to, to just break your heart and help you to see what worship really is. It's not one hour on Sunday morning. It is living a life of worship each and every day, each and every moment as we go through our lives. So why do we go? Why should we go? Because Jesus commissions us to go. The Greek verb here is translated as our English word go, and it's actually not a command, but it's a present participle. It's going as you are going. So as you read this text, you know, so many people want to say, and, and I want to call attention to this. We keep this globe up here because there was a missionary that this church supported for almost 30 years who served in Africa, right? God placed the call on her life to go, and for her, it was Africa. For you, it might be across the street to your neighbor or to have a conversation with your coworker. It's not always about going far, but where is he calling you to go near? So commission, I told you that this series is entitled Commission. And, how, and where did I come up with that? Well, I, I looked it up because a lot of times I, I wanna, I'm like studying stuff and looking at things. I'm like, okay, God, what does this mean? I believe God can use a dictionary to help sharpen and make disciples. I do. He can use anything. So listen to what a commission is. A commission is a formal written warrant granting the power to perform various acts or duties. It's an authority... Uh, it's an authorization or a command to act in a prescribed manner or to perform prescribed acts. In essence, it's a charge. Jesus is charging the disciples. He's charging us to go as we are going, as we leave here, as we go about our way. We're to allow him to use us as a vessel of hope and encouragement. Lastly, a commission is authority to act for, in behalf of, or in place of another. And when, a, when someone is commissioned, it means there's a group of persons to directed to perform some duty. So as you look at this first, he's saying, he's, he's saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, that's Jesus. So go, therefore, or as you're going. And then he tells us, he gives us a prescription. He gives us what he calls us to do. And that is that he wants us to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He wants us to teach them to observe all that he has commanded us. And then we must not forget, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus' commission is for us to be on mission for Him. Jesus' commission is for us to be on mission for Him. Jesus is saying, because all power is mine, go. I can defend you. The world is placed under my control. It's redeemed. It's given to me 
as a promise from my Father, as the purchase of my death. Listen, he's saying, though you are weak, yet I am strong. Though you are may encounter many troubles and dangers, yet I can defend you. Though you die, yet I live, and the work shall be accomplished. Jesus calls us to go. Jesus calls us to go. Why are we called to go? Well, I ask you to keep your copy of God's Word open, so turn over to the book of Mark, the next book in the Bible, and I want you to turn to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, look at two verses here with me. This is Mark's account of the Great Commission. How lovely it is to hear the pages of God's Word being turned. I know you're tracking with me. I think everybody's there. So Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16, Mark writes, he says, And he said to them, that's Jesus, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Turn over to the next, you'll be right there at Luke. Turn over to Luke chapter 24. Look at a few verses here. So it's Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 45. I see some thumbs going too, so that's good. See, I can hear pages and I see thumbs. That was good. All right, so Luke chapter 24, verse 45 through 48. Luke pens these words. He says, Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Amen? That, that, should, that should be our prayer. That was my prayer this morning. God, open our mind to help us understand the Scriptures, to connect the dots of our faith. And then said to them, Thus it is written, that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses to these things. He's calling us to go. We are His witnesses unto the world. Turn past John to the book of Acts. We're going to go to Acts chapter 13. If you want to know the church history, what was the first church like, read the book of Acts. We're going to Acts chapter 13. Verse 46, so Acts 13, 46 through 47. And Paul and Barnabas, my main man, the son of encouragement, spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you. Since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. Verse 47, For the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light For the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. What do we talk about in Matthew? We're saying our key word today is go. As you are going, that there should be movement in our lives, not to a four walled building that we commonly know as are called the church. That's not the church. The church is not a building. It's the people. It's God's people as the church, as the bride of Christ. 
And so he's saying, I've made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring. If we're going to bring somebody something, that means what? There's got to be movement, that we've got to be going, that we've got to be on mission for Jesus. And then lastly, look at Acts 28, verse 28. Acts 28, verse 28. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. Last week, we talked about coming to church is dangerous. Coming to church can indeed be dangerous. And why is that? Because when you come and you sit in a sanctuary, in a service such as this, you can't say that you don't know anymore. Right? You, you, can't, you can't say, well, Lord, I didn't know. I didn't know I was supposed to go. I didn't know I was supposed to do these things. No, you do. You choose maybe not to hear them, or maybe there's other things in your life that you're wrestling with, and the enemy, of course, hello, God's people gather. He's going to try to take you off track. He's going to try to... Um, He's going to try to get you somewhere you don't want to go. I mean, best example, there was a book that I read one time, and this dates the, the story, but it's applicable, even to today. There was a, there was a service, and so uh, there's a man sitting uh, where Miss Terry is and another family that was visiting, sitting in front of her, and the child was playing his Game Boy in the middle of church. And the guy was, oh, why is he playing his Game Boy? And what the, he, doesn't he know he's in church? And, blah, blah, blah. and so he just put his hand on the on the lady's shoulder or on the little boy's shoulder, and he said, he leaned forward, he said, hey, he said, I, I got the cheat sheet for that. Like, I, I know how to beat that game. And so in that moment, when, when that woman saw the man go to speak to her child, she thought, oh, Lord, here we go again. Because you see, they had been to other churches, they had been in other environments, and the child had severe ADHD and couldn't concentrate. And so that device helped him stay calm within the service so that she could worship. But in a split second, that man's decision to look at it differently and say, instead of it agitating, say, hey, I got the cheat sheet if you want that. Talk to me after church. Right? But imagine what would have happened if she, what are you playing? Get, turn that thing off. You know, there went that family, that child, they're lost, they're moving on. I don't go to church because they can't accept me. They, I'm not saying the child wasn't even being boisterous, wasn't even being loud. But stop and think about that sometimes, guys. So we said, why is church dangerous? It's dangerous because you know. And so this morning when you know, you must go. See, we've come, we've talked about this passage, I'm preaching and teaching on this passage. So when you know, you must go. You can't say that you don't know anymore. Listen, y'all, this ain't Monopoly. You can't just pass go and collect your ticket to heaven. We're saved for more than heaven. You're saved to make an eternal impact for God in your circle of influence. Remember the quote I talked about earlier. He saved you to be a conduit through his whom his glorious life-changing gospel would flow to others. How's it going to flow, one, if you're not open, and then two, if you're not going? If you sit still and you're stagnant, how's he going to use you? I have a man who called me this week, and sometimes when I see his number come up on my phone, I'm like, I don't have time for this. And sometimes I can't take his call. But let me tell you what, this guy, I, I knew this would happen 
in previous years, and I, and I try to encourage congregations, you know, if you have a phone, use your phone for God's glory. If you can't, you know, physically do a lot of stuff. If you love to bake, use your oven for God's glory. If you have a pen and piece of paper, use that for God's glory. But let me tell you what this man does. This man literally spends time during the day. He has a prayer ministry, and so he calls people and simply says, how can I pray for you? And he calls other ministries and he calls other people. But what I love about it is, especially during my week, and, and when I get off the phone with him, I thank the Lord for him. Because you know why? Because he called me to take time out of my day to pray for others, to pray with him. And somebody prayed with me. You see, you don't have to overcomplicate what we do for God. I want you to think about it. If you don't go, who will? Now, your first response is probably somebody else. And no, not necessarily. See, we say, well, that's somebody else's responsibility. I don't have time right now. I don't have the knowledge. Maybe later. That's too far, too dangerous, too messy. Friends, Jesus calls us to go. But we say no, either directly or indirectly, through our actions or our inactions. Back to my story about my friend this morning, the one who said he hated this passage. You know what? That's strong language, right? And he kind of backpedaled a little bit. He's like, well, I don't really hate it, but, you know, I've heard it preached a whole lot. And as I've told you this morning, what we're familiar with, we cease to see, right? For him, his pastor, the Bible study groups he's been a part of, oh, yeah, the Great Commission. Okay, I heard that. I know that. No. Ask the Lord to help you see it new, right? Slow down and look at each word. What is he saying for you to do? And so as we began to talk, listen, guys, he said part of his problem was the reason he didn't like to hear about the Great Commission was he said, I felt guilty. However, his pastor was preaching and teaching this, that he felt guilty. And that he was filled with anxiety of just he wasn't worthy and he wasn't doing enough. So I'm not here this morning to lay guilt or shame on any of you. I've come to remind you to go. I've come to encourage you to go. I've come to lovingly tell you that if you're saved, you're called to go. I've come to tell you that sometimes your going could be as simple as walking across the street and helping or talking with a neighbor. Or it simply could be striking up a conversation with a stranger. Listen, y'all, don't make it any harder than it has to be. Don't be like my friend and don't be filled with anxiety. Friends, remember, Jesus is with you. He's promised that he's with us. In verse 20, he says, Observe all things that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He commissions them, and then he doesn't, he doesn't just commission them and say, Now, y'all go fend for yourself. No, he says, I'm commissioning you, and I'm going with you. And I'm with you till the end of the age. He said that the helper would come, right? In Acts, Acts 1, the helper does come, right? The Holy Spirit falls. So if you're a child of God, then you have the Holy Spirit. You have Jesus, the resurrection power of our Lord and Savior living inside of you. And so as one of my friends, another friend would share with me this week, she walked in, she stepped into fear to have a conversation with someone that she was afraid to have a conversation with. How? Jesus. Right? She probably said a simple prayer. Lord, I don't want to have a conversation with this person. But you just won't let it get off my heart and mind. 
So, give me strength. Give me something to say. Open my mouth and just help me to know what to say. Help me know what to do. And you know what she did? She stepped into that fear with Jesus to have a conversation with someone. As you're going throughout your daily life, go with and for Jesus. Maybe your prayer should be in the morning. Lord, open my heart, my mind, and help me be a vessel of hope. Help me to be a vessel of encouragement. Help me to just encourage somebody today. Whether it's holding a door or smiling or lending a helping hand. Maybe sometimes it's not even saying anything at all. Maybe it's just putting a hand on the back of someone and saying, we're here with you. Maybe your prayer needs to be, Lord, open my eyes, my ears, my heart, and my mind. Help me to see the needs around me. Right? So many times in my life, I've been in restaurants or something, and there's this this crazy person. And I'm like, I'm trying to eat my meal. And I'm trying to spend time with my friends or my family. And I'm like, God, won't this person just go away? And then he, then he reminds me, and it's like, okay, God, you place this person in my life for a reason. Now why are they here? Right? Maybe it's to, if you're at a restaurant, maybe it's to buy them, you know, if you're a fast food joint, maybe it's to buy them a meal. Right? I don't know. Sometimes you can't help people, and you have to tell them that. But what if you go into situations like that, and when you find yourself in that tension, you just simply whisper a prayer. Lord, why, why is this person in my life? Why did you, why are they here? What do you need me to see? What do you need me to do? As I was studying this week, I ran across two great points. Go. Go implies an aggressive warfare. The gospel army must move upon the nations. The Lord seeks a universal empire and sends forth His armies to conquer the world. Listen, every church, every disciple must understand that they have marching orders. When we read in Ephesians about the armor of God, listen, y'all, have you ever realized that when you put on that armor, that's a breastplate of righteousness? But never in that scripture does he mention anything about protecting your back. Right? That's where most often Christians, people in the church, people of faith, stab each other easily in the back. But what does that mean? That means that there's to be movement. There's to be forward advancement going forward. We're not to retreat and to turn our backs if God has called us to do certain things. Listen, the second point was every saint is commissioned to go or to take steps to make the gospel known. Will you do your part? Listen, live out your life to honor and to please God. To point others to Jesus. To be light in the darkness. To be salt in a tasteless society. 
We're not called to live by a checklist of do's and don'ts. We're called to live a life connected to Christ so that His love, His grace, and forgiveness can flow to others that He places in our path. 1 Peter 3.15 But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks. That was another thing. My buddy that said he didn't like this passage, he shared that. He was like, so often people want to run out and just shout about their faith and you're going to hell and you better start living right and yo, you're such a sinner. No, live your life honoring and glorifying God so that when people ask, when you're in a meeting and you don't get as agitated as your coworker, and you just kind of, because you lean into Christ, and somebody comes back and says, oh, man, that just lit me up. How would you sit there so calm through that meeting? It's an opportunity to say that I just leaned into Jesus. He told me to be His love to others. He told me to be patient with others. He told me to be gracious with others. It doesn't mean that we can't have feelings. We can't be angry, and we can't, you know, push against darkness. But to anyone who asks you for the reason, listen, for the hope that is within you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. As we close out this morning, how do we live this out together? Right? How do we live this out together? I think we need to pray. We need to ask God to help us be mindful of those around us. This morning, we've talked about the very last words of Jesus. If you think these are the last words that our Heavenly Father gave before He ascended into heaven, to sit at the right, to sit at the right hand, the throne of God, these are some important last words. And He chose His last words to be go. Go and make and baptize and teach. And remember, I'm with you always. So this morning, if you know Jesus, keep walking with Him. Keep going. Keep moving. Continue your relationship with Him. But allow Him to use you as you're going. When you know, you must go. If you've walked with Jesus in the past, but the busyness of life has stolen your attention and your devotion to Him, repent. And turn back to Jesus. You might be spinning in circles and not getting anywhere. I encourage you to check your focus. To remember your purpose. Your call to be connected to Him and to keep going. Thus making Him known and passing His love to others. And there very well could be one here this morning that doesn't know Jesus. And if you don't know Him and you're still wondering about all this God stuff, well, I'm here to tell you there is a life filled with purpose that God has planned for you. That you can get on that path and that you can't go until you connect with your Heavenly Father. He's calling. He wants you to go, but you've got to connect before you can go. Friends, He wants you all to be on mission with Him. He wants to use you for His glory. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. Don't go alone. Go with Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, thank You so much that if we'll just slow down, 
as we read your word. There's so much there. And Father, this morning I just pray that these dear saints, wherever they might be in their life and their walk with you, they might go. God, thank you this morning as we went as a church to just simply bless Croswell Drive Elementary School. We thank Mm -hmm. you for Quinice and her family as they joined us this morning. As we just simply stop by to say, Jesus loves you, and we do too. Father, we were going as we were going, and we were blessing others with the blessings that you've blessed us with. So, Father, now I pray as we sing and we close out this time that there might be something that you've impressed upon our hearts. Help us to do business with you in this moment before we leave this place. Father, help us to just continue to go and to love and to offer grace and forgiveness to those you place in our path. Father, we thank you and we love you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.